Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatt rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Mabafia, he's done it. Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Welcome, fight fans, to your long-awaited big fight preview between Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usek for the heavyweight titles. This is going to be a brilliant fight, one that we did cover in brief detail once it was announced uh, about eight, nine weeks ago when we first got the announcement of this big fight happening. Now we're on the eve of this fight happening and what better way to to discuss this fight than than breaking it down as we always do for the big fight previews and as we always promised you as well we always said you know we don't do all the the smaller events anymore we'll only do the big events and this is this is a huge fight a huge huge fight i'm really looking forward to talking about the fight talking about the possibilities of how the fight's going to go down the tale of the tape the keys to victory and then we're going to talk about the event as a whole because there's a few talking points there relating to how it's being shown in the uk and of course there's the light heavyweight debut for callum smith returning to the ring we've got campbell hatton on the card lawrence coli making the defense of his cruiserweight title plenty to talk about johnston but first and foremost initial thoughts now the fight is upon us oh um I'm really excited. Um, this is the first fight uh, in a long time that I felt quite excited about, especially in the heavyweight division. This is this is a, a belter. Uh, I've, I'm surprised, to be fair, that Joshua took it. Although, um, sort of looking at many other pundits or fans, etc., I believe it, it tends to be a lot of leaning towards Joshua. I mean, we'll go into our thoughts in a minute, but. Um, I'm quite surprised by that. I thought it'd be a bit more of a 50-50 in terms of what people believe at the outcome of this fight. But yeah, pump for it. Um, looking forward to it. Obviously, we've got to pay for it. We're going to that in a second as well. But um, um, yeah, up. it's Anthony Joshua Usyk and they're two of my favourite fighters. 
at, in this current climate. So, um, yeah, looking forward to see how, that all, how it all goes, how it all pans out. So we did, obviously, like a, a little 10-minute breakdown, didn't we? Like I say, about eight, nine weeks right. ago we did that. And, and obviously our thoughts and opinions may have changed a little bit since then. Maybe not so much on, on who's going to win or how it's going to go down, but just sort of more so around the event itself as a whole. Now, this, for me was always going to be a big fight and it wasn't the fight we wanted because we was expecting Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua to go at it in the biggest fight in probably British and heavyweight boxing for a very long time and that fell through because of the arbitrary case that happened in America with Deontay Wilder and now we've obviously going to see Deontay Wilder Tyson Fury free that's happening in a couple of weeks as well so we get a big fight preview in for that guys but we're getting another heavyweight fight which actually as it's become closer to the time, it's made me more excited for for the fight itself because there's not been a lot of fights this year in general that I've genuinely been excited about. And this is the reason why, you know, a lot of these big fight previews that we used to do has kind of been scaled back, really. Because of that and because of, obviously, time for recording the other series, there's not... big For me, big fights, these are big fights. Anthony Joshua, Alexander Usyk, this is a huge fight. You know, this is... The guy who cleaned up at cruiserweight, moving up to heavyweight, has got all the skills and ability to potentially wipe the floor in the heavyweight division, but he's going up against a guy who's been at the top of the mountain for, for quite some time. Uh, I beat, obviously, the defeat to, to Andy Ruiz, which he avenged that loss, of course, which I'm sure we'll we'll discuss uh, in breaking down this fight, but... You know, Anthony Joshua's been the name, he's been the face of the heavyweight division for quite some time. Tyson Fury's dipped in and out of the division. People consider him to be the best boxer. We're not going to know until the, the, the fight ever happens, but for now, we've got a fight where, for me, Joshua's genuinely, he's genuinely got a really tough ask on his hands here. It's not just an aged Povetkin, it's not just a Joseph Parker, and it's not just this little fat guy called Andy Ruiz from America. This this is a guy who's very, very skilled at what he does and he might be slightly smaller in stature and you look at the, the photos of them next to each other and you think, oh, look at that, Joshua just towers over him. But the reality of it is that doesn't really mean a lot in, in the grand scheme of things in the terms of the way these two guys conduct themselves in the ring. And I think I'd like to... To start with Joshua, of course, he's the defending champion. He's defending the WBA Super, the IBF, the WBO and the IBO heavyweight titles here. So he's got all the marbles at the moment. He's the one where the pressure is on the most, to be honest, because Alexander Usyk, he's the guy that's moved up. Yeah, he he cleaned up at cruiserweight, but he's the one that there's no pressure on whatsoever because he's a smaller guy, smaller in stature. He's come up. There's always going to be a, a difference in the weight categories. So all the pressure's got to be straight on Anthony Joshua's shoulders. And like you said, Johnson, at the start there, you said a lot of pundits are, you know, they're saying it's going to be a tough fight for Joshua, but Joshua's going to win. I don't think it's going to be, you know, just a tough fight. I think it's going to be quite a very close fight. Now the time's got nearer. For me, the fight becomes a little bit more closer. But you know, has Joshua, has Joshua really had anybody in the ring that has been at their peak like an Alexander Usyk is, because I don't recall him actually fighting anybody who's... Uh, maybe Joseph Parker, you could say, was at his peak when he fought him. I mean, Povetkin certainly wasn't. Takam certainly wasn't. Do you know, Vladimir Klitschko, even though he gave us a great fight, he certainly wasn't at his peak. So is this the first real contender that 
is there, he's that got all the skill and ability to really cause him a problem. What what do you think? Because I know I know obviously people are probably gonna scream Andy Ruiz when they listen to me talk and they go, Well, what about Andy Ruiz? Andy Ruiz beat him. Well, yeah, but was he really at his peak? I don't think he is. I don't think Andy Ruiz was at his peak that night. I think he got I think he got very lucky that night. I think he was very skillful and he, he put Joshua into his shell and somewhere he'd never been before. And I think Joshua's learned from that now. So now he's in against a legitimate guy who, although he's coming up away, I think he's causing one of the biggest threats to Anthony Joshua's crown. I agree. I think, um, although for me, when you look at Anthony Joshua's record and, and who he's fought, when you sort of break it down, you know, he made the jump pretty quickly for that IBF title. As soon as you see uh, Charles Martin had that title, they went for it, didn't they? After coming through a, a tough night against Dillian White, I know he got rid of him in seven, but it wasn't easy for him. Uh, Charles Martin was obviously, you know, what you, anyone that knows boxing knows Charles Martin and, and he's not really going to be a threat. After that, I mean, Dominic Brazil, Eric Molina, again, guys that Anthony Joshua was always going to beat. It was a good platform for him to step into that Klitschko fight and as we know he had some difficulties against Klitschko he had some real difficulties against Carlos Takam as well for me I know he, he ended up stopping him which I didn't really think it was a stoppage but six one and a half, just under six six two. Uh, I think you find a pattern because Andy Ruiz is smaller also than Alexander Usyk who I believe is around six two six three six three. so I think that's always been a problem for me with Joshua. If you've got if you've got good footwork and you've got decent hand speed, um, I know Usyk will lose that little bit of hand speed because he's obviously putting on the weight. Um, it causes a problem for Joshua. I, I think he he finds it difficult to 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 adjust himself. Maybe with, with someone like Usyk, he's not going to allow Joshua to set himself. Joshua's going to want to get behind that jab without that. But the fact is, he's fighting a smaller guy. And I think that jab is less effective against smaller guys. Albeit Ruiz, he was brilliant. He used that jab well. He's going to be using that as a benchmark, surely. But Usyk is a lot better in his lateral movement than someone like Andy Ruiz. Andy Ruiz got very frustrated that night and was asking, and you can see him shouting at him, come forward, come forward. He was never really hurt. He And that is the sort of thing I'm sort of expecting Joshua to do against Usyk. But then if he does that, you're talking about Alexander Usyk, who is also a southpaw. And I've, I don't believe, when, when you look at beyond the Dillian White fight, I don't think it's for any of those guys he fought were all orthodox. He's never fought a southpaw. So that's going to be different for him. He's, it's a very different way of fighting someone because that the jab's going to might just be just a little bit out of reach. His feet might get tangled. Whereas Usyk's used to fighting orthodox fighters. He's used to fighting bigger guys, even in the cruiserweight division. The height isn't going to be too much of a problem with him because he's he's expected to, to you know, he is tall for, the, for for cruiserweight, but now he's moving up to heavyweight. I don't think that's going to be too much of a concern for Usyk either. I think it all lays for who, Usyk for me. He's, he's not going to be... People are underrating him. I, think, I don't think people... People are expecting that just because Joshua is bigger and, and he's going to be stronger, he, you know, he's a heavyweight. He's a natural heavyweight, whereas Usyk isn't. So I, I think the biggest question is, is if Joshua lands... Can Usyk withstand that power? I think that's the biggest question. I'm I'm always going to support Joshua, Tyson Fury, Dillian White, any of our British fighters. I've got an admiration for Alexander Usyk. I really have. And I think that he 
is a fantastic boxer. And I think, if anything, now he's moved into the weight division, bar Tyson Fury, I don't think there is a better boxer. But the technical aspect of things, there isn't that much of a difference between him and Joshua. So Joshua is behind in the technical side of things, but he isn't that far away. So it's a really tough one. I mean, when it was made, I was thinking this is just Joshua's tailor-made for Alexander Rusik. And I still feel that way. But listening to stuff Joshua's coming out with, the fact he's lost a little, little bit of weight, um, I think it's going to help him. It's a tough one to call. I mean, we'll, we'll predict in a minute, Sean, but I think the southpaw and the height is a problem for Joshua. And I think that is going to be a telling component of the fight. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that as well, actually. I think that's something you picked up on that I didn't mention earlier, was was obviously the fact that he doesn't really fight many southpaws. Most of the guys he fights are orthodox. So he's going to have to adapt to that immediately. It's going to take him a few rounds, Joshua, to adapt to that straight away. And then you look at you know the heavyweight campaign of Alexander Usyk, and he fought Chaz Witherspoon. You know, I wouldn't say he looked fantastic against Witherspoon, but again, it was his first fight up at heavyweight. He fought Derek Chisora. It took a few rounds for Usyk to get going. And once he got going, he completely outboxed Derek Chisora. It was close. It was competitive. But he outboxed him. Let's, let's be honest. You know, he, he used his skill. He used his movement. He used his footwork. And he outboxed him. Now, this is, this is what Joshua is going to have a problem with on Saturday night, is the fact that he's going to go in there with a guy, is he going to press the fight? Is he going to be the one that presses Usyk and puts Usyk on the back foot and Usyk's going to have to counter? Or is he going to let Usyk come to him? And is he going to counter? It's going to be really interesting. I would have thought him being the bigger man, he'd want to press the fight and he'd want to try and break Usyk down and look for the openings. But you've got to remember, Usyk is a guy who can fight on the back foot so, so well and he did it so, so well in the World Boxing Super Series. And it was really interesting to see him do that. And again against Tony Bellew, when he fought Bellew at, down at Cruiserweight, he did the same thing. Bellew came on, he was pressing the fight. He pressed the fight for, what, five, six rounds. Once Usyk had worked him out, that was it. It was it was game over, really, for Bellew. That's kind of what happened with Chisora, but Chisora lasted the distance and, and obviously made it very competitive. Will Joshua be able to withstand that? Will he be able to deal with a guy that will be throwing these uh, point-scoring shots? You know, he's going to be throwing these shots from, from different angles that maybe Anthony Joshua's not dealt with before. I'm not saying he hasn't in sparring. I'm not saying he hasn't in the past in, in, in his amateur career. But it's different once you're facing a guy with that level of skill and ability that can bamboozle you. And this this is why it's such a big test for him. And this is why that, you know, an Anthony Joshua win on Saturday night, this win would look even greater on his resume because he's beating a guy who's tricky uh, and as slick and elusive, you know, look at look at Usyk. He's the Lomachenko of the heavyweight division. You know, trained from the same camp. This is why they call him that. He's he's got the same level of skill and ability as as what Lomachenko of. He's just a bigger guy. He's just doing it mm-hmm. at, at a bigger weight. But I think Alexander Usyk for me, he's he's gonna he's gonna have to be very slick and very elusive, and he has gonna probably gonna have to fight on the back foot at times and counter a lot to be able to win that fight. Do I see him stopping Anthony Joshua? No. Do I see him hurting Anthony Joshua? Yeah, I could see that happening. I could see him landing a few of these unorthodox shots that come through that Joshua is maybe not entirely prepared for, or maybe you know he drops his he drops his guard a little bit and it, a shot comes through. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be great to see how both men deal with the different adversities they've got against one another, and that's what makes it so exciting. That's what makes it really intriguing. And whilst again, most people think 
Joshua's just got enough to beat him. I wouldn't be so sure, and I wouldn't be so surprised if Alexander Usyk won this fight. I mean, I've always, I've always championed Usyk as as going up to heavyweight and having the skill to beat the likes of Anthony Joshua and the Derek Chisora's and the Dillian Whites, and it's you know he's he's given the names Alexander Usyk of who he wants and who he wants to beat, and Joshua's now the big one on that hit list. Can he do it? That's the question. Can he do it? Can he bamboozle Joshua enough to win? And can he get a comfortable lead to get it on points? Because then there's that aspect of it. Will Joshua be given the, the hometown advantage? Will it be in at Tottenham Hotspur's football stadium? Will it be in London? Will he get the home advantage? Will the scoring be an issue on the night? There's them other elements that we've not really discussed. But I think it's probably the right time for us to both go in and, and sort of give our give our predictions as to how we see this fight going down, who we think is actually going to win. So, Johnson, if you want to just give us sort of your keys to victory briefly for both men and who you think is going to win this fight. Uh, I think, um, for me, Joshua has to press the fight, as you say. The danger for me is that if he does that, he has to get rid of Usyk probably by about round eight. He will fatigue otherwise for me. I think that's where he struggles. I think we see that with Klitschko. Don't get me wrong, he could have learnt from that. But I still think that is still a hindrance on Joshua. I still see him getting fatigued, even if he's lost his extra weight. He's going to aim, surely, to get rid of him in eight. Now, if Joshua can do that, can land enough and can stop Usyk within those rounds, I've, I think he, he takes the win. I think if he if he can do that, but I don't, I don't see that happening. I think Usyk might even find himself on the canvas um, at some point, but I've, I think he's strong enough and he's determined. Just when Usyk is in that frame of mind, when I've seen him pre-fight and all these other big fights, the way he talks, the way his mindset is, you know, he can act like a bit of a clown sometimes for the cameras and stuff because he's a bit of a showman that way. But when it's uh, the task like this is in front of him and his camper around him and, and, and hearing the stories of the numbers, the number counting, I mean, he's, he's, it, the, the mentality of this guy is, for me, stronger than Anthony Joshua. He will have, he will have every aspect of this fight in his head. You can't look too much at the Witherspoon fight. You can't look too much at the Chisora fight. Those fights are all about can he stick around with those heavyweights? Can he land? Can can he take the shots from these guys? And he did for me. He did. Uh, he got hit too many times. And people have said that. Joshua lands one of them shots. It wasn't about that for me when it came to... For those fights, Usyk used those fights just to see whether he could take them. And he could. He can't wave a few face marks on his face, etc. But I don't think that was too much of an issue for him. I think he took it. And he fought their fights. And that's why he didn't look good. And that may even be the reason why he's in the position now. Because if he outclassed them and made him look ridiculous, maybe Joshua wouldn't be taking his fight. And I think that is the problem. And I think Usyk's just too clever. I think he's he's going to be too quick. Uh, I think the southpaw's going to be an issue for Joshua. That that stance is just he's never fought anyone as good as Usyk who can who can fight at southpaw and be a natural southpaw. He can switch it up even at times. I've seen him do that before. And I think he will look to stretch Joshua out for those later stages where Joshua's going to fatigue. He may even hit the canvas. Will he stop Joshua? I think if he, if he does do that, it's going to be a fatigue thing, uh, an accumulation of shots. But we know Joshua, as, as a wounded animal, he can be dangerous. Um, so I, I, I think, do you know what? After saying all that, I think 
it's going to be close. We're going to get, it's going to go the 12 round distance. I think it's going to be very, very tight. I think Joshua may take the early exchanges. Usyk will come along strong in the end. And I think Joshua gets it on uh, one of them funny scorecards. Um, one of those where I think Usyk won the fight, but Joshua's got it. So I think Joshua's going to get it on points. Um, but I think it's going to be a bit of controversy surrounding it. Interesting. An interesting take on, on how this fight actually goes down. And have I changed my opinion from our original conversation seven, eight, nine weeks ago? Not so much. Not so much. I think I think like you, I'm in the I'm in the sort of interpretation that this fight will be very close and that Joshua will have a few rounds where it'll look like he is being dominated uh, in the ring in terms of, of, of the boxing skill. But then I think he will have enough there and he will have enough in the tank and he will have enough experience to be able to take Usyk the distance uh, and beat him on points. And, and that's essentially what I think is going to happen. I think it will be very, very close. I think maybe, for me, a 116-112 card uh, is probably how I see the fight going down. I think four rounds... Uh, clear for, for Anthony Joshua at the end of it all I think is, is how it actually goes down a lot of people do think Usyk's going to do this so there's a lot of people out there that do believe he's got the skill and ability like we do but they actually believe he's going to go and win this fight I'd like to I'd like to honestly sit here and say you know he's going to go and do it and if he does do it I, I wouldn't be saying that would be eating our words here because it's not out of the realms of possibility. It's not like he's fighting a guy who you're expecting him to... It's not like he's fighting Andy Ruiz for the first time and you're thinking, yeah, he's just going to knock this guy out. He's just going to toy with him. He's going he's gonna to beat him. And then you see the shock result that happened there. This wouldn't be a surprise or a shock if Usyk beat him. It wouldn't. I don't think it would. I don't think it would be... No. It wouldn't be on the same level as, as Andy Ruiz beating Joshua. Not at all. Because Usyk is proven. That's the thing. He is a proven guy at top level in top fights. So for him to go there and win wouldn't be a surprise. But I do think Joshua wins. I do think he takes it on points. I do think he has a few rounds where it looks like he's uh, he's letting Usyk, you know, dominate the them particular rounds, and then he's going to come on a bit stronger. He's going to have to start early, Joshua. For me, he's going to have to start very early on. He's going to have to command a good lead at least halfway through the fight. Because as you said, Johnson rightly pointed out, if he's if his engine isn't there like it hasn't been before and he's, he struggles going into the later rounds, that's where Rusik's going to pick up the points. So it's going to be vital for Anthony Joshua to win the, the, the definitely the first four or five rounds. Definitely. And then maybe the second half of the fight will be a, an interesting affair. I do think Joshua takes it, though. That's my final prediction. Joshua does take it on points. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if Usyk wins. And, you know, if we're talking about this next week and Usyk's won it, well, none of us are going to be overly surprised. But we both do think it'll be a tough one for Joshua, a very tough fight, but he'll just about get through it. And it'll hopefully set up a future fight with Tyson Fury that we want. So, yeah, that's that's it, guys. That's our predictions for this fight. We both go in for Joshua in a very, very close affair. Uh, but none of us would be surprised if Alexander Usyk walked away the victor on Saturday night. <laughs> so, Johnston, the rest of the card then. Let's look at it. Lauren Tocoli making the first defence of his cruiserweight title against the undefeated Dylan Prazovic. Uh, I don't really know much about Prazovic. I'll be, you know, totally honest straight away. All I know is that he's fought most of his fights either, you know, in in Germany or he's fought them in in Hungary. He's fought a lot of his fights in 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 Europe. And looking at his record, he hasn't really fought anybody 
with a winning record, with a consistent winning record, put it that way anyway. Ma- ba- barring one particular fighter last year, Edin Puhalo, who was 19-0, and and he stopped him, he hasn't really fought anybody else of note in the cruiserweight division prior to going in there with Lawrence Ecoli. So where does that sort of put Lawrence Ecoli? Well, to me, that puts him as the favourite to, to win this fight. And given what he's been doing in his last fights, he's been stopping his, what, his last six, seven opponents now, I think it is, for Lawrence Ecoli. Gen- quite quite honestly, I, I genuinely think he just stops Prazovic. And that's no disrespect to Prazovic. I just don't think Prazovic has had that level of opponent to be able to get in there with a knockout artist like Lawrence Ecoli and causing problems. And because of how big, how gangly, how much of a more more of a heavyweight he looks, Lawrence Ecoli, I do think that's why he's bl- blasting his way through these opponents because they're struggling to deal with him. And I think that's that's another reason why at some point he will eventually move up to heavyweight. But... Lawrence Coli, first defence, then Johnston. What are you making of it? I think uh, I can't see beyond Lawrence. I'm, I'm pretty much the same as you. I don't know too much about uh, Prezovic. As you say, he had that sort of big win. It was uh, the two knockouts. The two knockout artists, if you like, a pair of them just knocking guys out and then they just sort of stuck him in a ring against that Rudan and uh, not Rudan, uh, uh, Puhalo. And um, yeah, they had, a, they had a ruckus and, and he stopped him in nine. I think it was a bit of a 50-50 with that one. So, I didn't see it. I'm just going by what we're sort of looking at on, on Boxer, etc. But um, yeah, I, I, I can't see. I mean, Lawrence is he's, he's a funny one. I think he's he's really come on leaps and bounds since that uh, Matty Askin fight, which was an awful fight. The Matty Askin fight was dreadful. He had the Isaac Chamberlain fight. It was another terrible fight. But in between, he had, he had the Luke Watkins fight up at your call in Bethnal Green. And he came out to Anthony Joshua that night as well. I remember watching that and and he was brilliant. Um, it was like a hot and cold fighter, wasn't he, Lawrence? One minute, it was absolutely dreadful. Next minute, he's fantastic. And I think since since basically the lockdown, uh, since 2019, there's been no no going back for Lawrence. And he's he's definitely adjusted well. He's, he's finally found a distance, which is the one thing. And he's just massive. He's so big for the weight. And he's just so difficult to move. He's got that leaning jab. You can't really connect with him. And when he connects with you, it bloody hurts. You can see he's been knocking guys out for fun. I can't see Lawrence losing this fight. But, you know, they're big guys still. If uh, Prezovic does land one on him, who knows? Maybe Lawrence could get a bit wobbly. We've never really seen him get really thumped and um, see whether he can actually take it because he just doesn't get hit cleanly. So, um, because I don't know too much about Prezovic, going, only going on by what we know on box reckon, he's, he ain't really fought anyone, has he? Let's be honest, it's his first big fight. Um, so yeah, I can't see beyond it. It could be one of them random ones, you know, where you, they just this random fella comes out of nowhere and just it's just it's him with one and Lawrence goes. But I can't see it happening. I think I think the source uh, defends his title for the first time. Callum Smith moves up to light heavyweight for the first time after his loss to Canelo Alvarez last December. And he goes in against a pretty decent opponent in Lenin Castillo. Lenin Castillo's got three losses on his record. Two of them are to Dimitri Bivol and Marcus Brown, two of the top names in the light heavyweight division currently. So straight away, when I looked into Castillo and how he fights, I thought this is the perfect fight for for Callum Smith to get in the ring with because at the end of the day, Callum Smith's at a point of his career where he needs to be in these type of fights anyway now. But if he's going to be going to the top and he wants to win another world title in a a second weight category, he's got to fight guys that are proven 
at the top level. And although, obviously, Castillo has been beaten off Bivol and Marcus Brown, he lost to both of them on points. So it, it goes to show that he can go the distance with top-level opponents. So I expect Callum Smith to, to be really testing the waters here in the light heavyweight division and, and testing out what his skills and ability are like moving up in weight. Because we've always wondered, like, how, how the hell did he make 168 pounds? How the hell did he make you know, the super middleweight limit, and he did for years, and somehow he managed it for years, and a lot of people have always said he needs to move up, and now he has, now he's got an opportunity on, on a big stage to, to fight a really good name in, in the light heavyweight division, and show that he is ready to move straight back up to the top fights, and this time in the light heavyweight division, so I am excited to see him, I just hope that, you know, with his newfound confidence, his new invigoration that he's got outside of the ring, that he, he does put on a good performance, and that he, he has a good fight with Castillo, and he shows that he's still got something left in the tank, and he could potentially go on to be a world champion in light heavyweight. I think that's the thing with Callum, is, you know, he was at the top in the super middleweight division, obviously comes up against Canelo in full short, um, it didn't quite work out for him that Canelo fight, but he got paid well. I mean, they'll do when they fight him. So, um, you know, it's good to see him back after that. And I think, as you say, I mean, how on earth he made super midweight for so long is beyond me. I think it, this is surely going to be more of a natural weight for him. He must walk around probably just over that £175 uh, limit, surely, just naturally. So, Callum, this is this is a good test for him. And once, you, once you're at that top, the, the top echelons of your of that division and you skip up a division. The last thing you want to be doing is fighting these uh, average guys. And he's gone in with a, against he's going in against the guy in Castillo, as you say, who's had two, you know, he's lost two fight or three fights, but two to Bivol and and to Marcus Brown. He actually had Marcus Brown down in his fight as well. So, you know, he can bang a little bit. I think this is a nice test of Callum, test the waters, and then he can really look at trying to move in to to, to pick up a um, a belt, a title pretty soon really I think that's surely what they'll be looking at because he, he, he could do it or at least get himself in a title contention and you know they've got some great names in this division so it'd be nice to see him even fight a Bivol or a Baterviev at some point but um, good good, nice warm up fight for Callum I'm sure he'll come through it but again you know they are big you just never know I don't think he'll, he'll end uh, it'll end terribly for Callum but it's going to be a nice I think it'd be a, I think it'd go the distance this one so another fight on the card that's probably going to be quite interesting, seems to be a little bit of needle in the build-up to it, is Maxim Prodan versus Florian Marku. This is going to be quite an interesting fight between these two, obviously with them you know, both going at it, with them both being from Eastern Europe, we've got the Albanian king Florian Marku and we've got the Romanian in Prodan who's coming in there undefeated and giving... A good test to Florian Marker at this stage of his career. He, he keeps saying he wants the big names of the welterweight division, that people are avoiding him. Well, you know, he's fighting a guy who is undefeated in a division. Okay, you look through his record, and Prodan hasn't really fought anybody of note, and he hasn't really fought anybody with a with a massive winning record. You know, he's got a few guys in his most recent fights, who are 11 and 2 and 12 and 2, but he's not really fought anybody who's undefeated. So this is the first time, really, where he's going up against someone who's never tasted defeat before. So it is going to be an interesting fight. It's the IBF international welterweight title of course is is up for grabs here uh, in this particular fight so it's it's a good way to get either men on the on the list on the IBF rankings list going forward I think it'll be a tasty fight I'm interested to see how it goes I've not seen much of Prodan again there's another one that I haven't 
I haven't had the opportunity to really look at a lot of his fights and see, you know, is he going to be a problem? He's got a good record on paper, but will it be enough to beat Florian Marku? It remains to be seen, of course. We'll get to find out on Saturday night. Uh, also, on the card, Campbell Hatton, son of Ricky. You know, a lot's been made about where his career's going to go and will he emulate the success of his father? Well, obviously, it's way too soon to be even talking about that. He's only had three fights. <laughs> but the one thing I will say, the one thing I will say about this fight is, is that he is moving up to six rounds for this fight on Saturday night. So that's going to be interesting to see how he fares again over the six round distance, going from four to six. Uh, he's fighting a guy who's two and four. So I'm not expecting that he is going to go in there and, you know, he's going to blow this kid away. He's getting the rounds in. And what I'm liking about. Campbell Hatton is that when he's going in there yeah he looks very aggressive like his father did in the ring but he's getting the rounds in he's winning the fights on points he's getting the experience in which is what he needs they don't need to rush him it feels like maybe because they're putting him on these big cards are they trying to fast track him you know to get him to that sort of title contention very early on I don't think they need to do that because I think they need to get him and, and slowly do what do what they did with Ricky, really. You know, Frank Warren did a, a good job early on with Ricky and getting him the right fights at the right time. And when he fought John Faxton, he was ready for John Faxton in that grueling British title fight in 2000. And I think Campbell needs the same sort of apprenticeship. And I think he needs the same sort of step up in fights as, as the years go along. You've got to remember he's only a young lad as well. It does, doesn't need to be rushed whatsoever. We should be looking at him in five years' time as the guy that's heading up the lightweight division in Britain, he's, he's only a young lad. People forget that. People forget that he is only young. They just look at the fact that of his name and think hmm, he's going to be a world champion one day. And that's never guaranteed, of course, with the emulating your fathers or emulating your cousins or emulating any of your famous family members that have become world champions in the past. It doesn't always work out that way. So it will be interesting to see him. I'm just not getting overexcited about him just yet because I know that there's a long way to go before we actually get to see how good he really is. Yeah, it's, it's it always you always get this. I mean, we've had it with Conor Ben, we've had it with Chris Eubank. Uh, you've had it in years gone by after that, um, before that, sorry. But yeah, I think um, it's important, as, as you say, massively important and vital that he gets those, those uh, rounds in. He's going to be fighting early. I mean, He's fighting at a nice big venue in White Hart Lane, uh, outdoor arena, etc. Football grand, um, but um, so it's nice to get that experience. Not many people are actually going to get to see him, but it's nice to have that. I mean, Anthony Joshua fought on uh, Groves Frutch um, at Wembley. That was yeah. on early. I, I, I went to that, and we managed to just catch a little bit of AJ. And there was not wasn't many people. There's a few out there to witness it, but I feel like you know in his interviews after it was just that experience of, of, of being in a big changing room and, and stuff like that. It's all good. It's all good for these young fighters to have this and to get six rounds in the bank. If you can, I mean, if you can stop him, then terrific. But you know, if anything, get the six rounds in, um, don't sort of just really go and, and, and set up your shots for the big knockout blows. It's not, not, not important right now. The important thing is, is to get the rounds in. And as I say, I mean, for me, you can't really assess any fire until he's at least gone to, if beyond his first sort of into double figures in his pro career. I mean, after that, then you can start talking about other stuff. But for now, it's just about getting that uh, experience in the ring, fighting guys that are not going to just roll over. That's the last thing you need. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's good a good experience for him. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it should be a good night. There's some good 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 fights on there. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm look as I say, I'm looking forward to it. And it'd be nice to see 
I, I'm, I just can't believe how much Campbell Hatton looks like his dad. It's, it's <laughs> so surreal. It's like looking at a ghost, isn't it? It feels so weird when I was younger watching his, his dad on Sky looking exactly like him. Uh, crazy. So there's one final topic to talk about before we put an end to this big fight preview. And of course, that's what I mentioned at the top of the show, how this show is going to be aired in the UK in particular. So if you're listening from the USA and you've subscribed to DAZN, you'll get the benefit of watching this on DAZN Live. Whereas, strangely enough, even though we've got DAZN in the UK, there's obviously some sort of agreement in place for Anthony Joshua's fight to take place on Sky Sports box office. So, even if you're a subscriber in the UK to DAZN, you're still going to have to pay 24 to watch this fight on Saturday night, which, for us, you know, we want to see this fight. Are we going to pay for it? Most people are going to pay for it. Other people may use other methods of being able to watch this fight on Saturday night. It feels a bit crap, really, given that Sky Sports are now no longer affiliated with Eddie Hearn in terms of a TV deal. They've now got uh, Boxer instead now on, on Sky Sports, and they've, they've lapped up some of the other smaller hall stuff to go on to Sky Sports, but yet they're still taking the Anthony Joshua fight. They've still got an agreement to, to host this fight at twenty four ninety five. So for people that have been paying for DAZN, or are thinking of staying with DAZN when the price change happens in a few weeks' time, yeah, you're going to be a bit gutted, aren't you, really? I, mean, I, know I, I know I was when I found this out, that we weren't going to get it on DAZN. I was thinking, ha-ha, yes, we're not going to have to pay twenty four ninety five, only to find out about a week or so ago that actually, yeah, if you want to watch it, it's going to be on Sky Sports box office. You're going to have to pay twenty four ninety five for it, which is crap, really, for us, you know, given that we hope, was hoping we'd get it on DAZN. Oh, mate, I know... Uh... It, it sort of didn't surprise me. I mean, as if they're going to allow that. Um, it was never going to happen. Um, so uh, I am gutted, but I will pay it. You know, this is no doubt about it. I want to be watching it on my big telly and not sort of sitting there on my me, uh, me handheld device uh, sort of scouring the internet trying to find it. Um, I will be paying for it. Um, so, yeah, a bit gutted for that. But the one thing I, w- I wanted to just point out, um, you mentioning, obviously, the, the Sky with it being on Sky Sports box office, is this isn't the first um matchroom boxing event be it heavyweight event as well held at white Hart lane um i found this out earlier today october 24 1987 eddie hearn's father barry hearn staged his first major matchroom boxing event when he organized the hugely popular heavyweight frank bruno and he collided with joe bugner so uh for anyone that didn't know that, that is what happened. And I just thought I'd mention that because uh, I loved stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great little uh, pop culture fact for you there. So that's it then, fight fans. We've both made our predictions for the fight. We both think that Anthony Joshua is just going to come through this. But none of us are surprised if Usyk goes on to win it on points or even goes on to shock the world yet again and, and defeat Anthony Joshua. It's going to be a very interesting night. I'm really excited to see it. And hopefully it's going to be the semi-final to the final that we want, which is... Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. Who's going to win out of them two? Who's going to win out of these two? We're going to get that final next year. We're going to get the mega fight that we want to see. Who knows? Let's see. Looking forward to it. Anthony Joshua, Alexander Usyk, Saturday night. Look forward to speaking to you guys again in the reaction to this. Enjoy the fight and we'll see you next time.
Social Podcast Network.